1: Uh, yeah, it's really, it's really great, and every time I, I just share God's word, I was actually speaking yesterday with you. I said, I always feel a deep responsibility that I want to share God's heart, and I hope that this, and I know for sure that this will happen yeah. this morning. You, you know that if, if you've been here for a while, when I preach, oftentimes I refer to a couple, and especially to a man that has been instrumental in my upbringing and in my passion for God, and I just... Before I get on with the message, I just want to maybe for 10 minutes to interview him on some of the things. So would you please welcome Livio on the, on the platform with me? Uh-huh. Is this on? Okay. Yeah. okay. Uh, Livio is uh, my mentor, <laughs> but he's also here with Mihaela, his wife. Could you do a Guatemalan wave? <laughs> 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 no pressure, Sophie. Yeah, so it's it's really great to to have them. Uh, it's really a privilege and I've been dreaming for this moment since I was a child. I was actually sharing with Livy the other day. You know, as a kid when you have the father figure, which which he was, I was like, I want one day to come to a point where I minister with him. And for me, even what we're doing this, even if it's just telling me it's a dream that will come true, it's a dream that is coming true. And I know that God is going to speak (laughs) to all of us in this. So, Livy, why don't you introduce yourselves, tell us about family, kids and everything and then we'll uh, move on
0: uh, so good morning thank you so much for uh, having me here this morning, thank you so much Pastor uh, Mark for allowing me to be with Vlad here on the platform uh, yes uh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I'm um, my emotions are with me here this morning. Yeah. Yes, I'm with Vlad, probably he's the reason why. Yes. So, <laughs> if anyone ever doubted that dreams come true, so here is one coming. <laughs> coming to a, an end, or... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yes, I, I hope you have more than one dream. <laughs> Just dream big. Yes. We are coming from Yash, this is Northeastern Romania, and um, um, we have three boys at home with our grandparents, uh, enjoyed being here in England with uh, Vlad, uh, Adam and Fru, and uh, it was a great day yesterday, we visited London, we saw in one day what probably somebody here sees in a week, <laughs> uh, we enjoyed it, it's, it's wonderful, we really appreciate being here with you. Uh, Yes.
1: Okay. So, great. Uh, More questions. I didn't. I didn't say I'll ask you this, but I'll ask you now. Uh, tell us shortly about how you started to be a bit involved in orphanages and
0: how you how you met me, because that's important. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think it, there is a pattern. I, I, I'm a strong believer in destiny. I think we have a destiny. God. God has a destiny for us, yeah. and we just step into it. Yeah. yeah. I guess that was my destiny to be there. And uh, I really wish everybody is at the right time, in the right spot. And probably this is where I was. I just was following the call of God in my life. And so this is how we Great. come together. Great. Great. We have to make a, a very long sto- sh- story very sure. short yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, all right. So
1: because we're in this series of acts, we wanted to, wanted to share something that is quite relevant to this series and uh, knowing of my influence you had in my life and how instrumental you've been to, in a way, me stepping into the destiny that God has prepared for me. Because I often say I wouldn't have done it if you weren't there for me. Could you share with us some of the, I don't know, patterns? or how How is it to be there for someone and help them to step into the destiny that God, God has for them? You can share this with us. Sure.
0: I, um... Yes. Um, um, I was, as we were worshipping, I was uh, praying to God, to the Holy Spirit. Okay, God... What, what, what are you doing right now? And uh, I, I do believe that when someone finds his people, he finds his destiny. And I look at Vlad right now here, and I think uh, you are part of his destiny. <laughs> um, so uh, g- coming to the Book of Acts, actually, uh, and you are familiar with many passages. Uh, you know there is a great man of God. His name was Saul, and. Uh, he, he just met Jesus. Uh, and then he met a man, Ananias, who actually, by the power of the God, opens his eyes. Um, and I think everybody, each one of us, needs an Ananias who's opening our hearts. Yeah. But there is more than this. Uh, there are more people that uh, God has for each one of us to become all that he desires us to become. And then on his journey of becoming who he was supposed to be the great man of God, Saul, there comes a man whose name is Barnabas. And um, if you please would uh, uh, project the first verse, you know, there's a verse in, in chapter 9 uh, that says then when Paul, when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. Yeah. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. You know, as it's, it's, it's It starts actually with you. You have to have a desire, you know, for more. Yeah. And not all things work together at the beginning. But there is somebody that really believes in you. And when you find those people, when you find a Barnabas, you know, you you slowly enter, you know, there are the first steps that you do entering into your destiny. You find a Barnabas. And I think all of us need a Barnabas in our life.
1: That's good.
0: You know or some of us probably need to be a Barnabas for others Mm. you know you can look at both sides but I think this is the first step you know when you find a Barnabas when you find people when you find your spiritual parents you're entering into your destiny I think this is the first time you're getting connected to the people but there is another step that I believe it's also very important Um, in Acts chapter 11 so please help me um, Barnabas he's you know that uh, that uh, Jews tried to kill Saul you know he, he switched religion <laughs> in, in their point of view and, and so they send him to, to Tarsus and uh, sometimes we all get to Tarsus it looks like God has forgotten us in Tarsus you know you are in Jerusalem and you went to Tarsus it's like going back or going downward somewhere but if you have a Barnabas in your life he's going to come after you mm. He's yes, going to do first. everything to come after you. Yes. Look what, look what uh, 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 Luke is telling us here. He said, so Barnabas, he went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Yeah. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. Mm. So I, I believe Barnabas are very important for us. You know? They help us grow. They help us push us forward. Yeah? And they come after us when we are lost, when we are forgotten, when nobody knows of us we need that's connections you know yes. it is very important you know to have these people and if you have somebody like this and, and, and I'm sure you will all have all, all had people like this in your life that you were down you were forgotten they come after you you know they come and take you out of Tarsus and they bring you to Antioch and you know the church of Antioch is, is at like a model of the churches you know it was a very vibrant very lively church you know and he took him out of Tarsus and he brings him here into Antioch you know this is a place where you you grow, you are stretched, eh? and yeah. I, I I believe you are in a church like an Antioch model here. Yes. I see the yes. life here. Yes. I see yes. your wonderful worship. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, worship team, for <laughs> allowing me to be part of uh, and with you and the team. You're doing a great job. So this is I think this is another um, important step, and uh, let me just shortly point you to a third verse here. Please help me once again. Um, um, you know, uh, they start, Barnabas and Saul, they start moving together. They are a team already. You know, they're working together. And I think this is how you grow. You just follow with somebody. You go with somebody that's, that's motivated, that has a vision, that goes forward. And they, they, they at a certain point, they, they get into, in their, on their mission field, they get into another city. And uh, there comes a moment. Uh, look at verse 9. You know, but Saul. And you probably are familiar with some verses in the Bible that says, but God. This and that and that, but God steps in. And when all, all, all the time the God steps in, the possible or the impossible becomes possible. Yeah. The natural changes into the supernatural. And here comes uh, a time when Saul is really growing up. He's pushed up. Saul, who was also called Paul, and it's interesting here, like like a parenthesis, this is the moment his name is changed, you know. And we know names are very important in the Bible, and they speak. Why is the name changed here? Anyway. <laughs> so, Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked at intently at him and said, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's the, uh, the place where he, they meet this uh, sorcerer, you know, this magician there, you know. Uh, but I like this phrase here. Paul, the Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, you know. Uh, they were working together. Barnabas was, was right there. But this was Saul' moment. It was this moment of maturity. You know? <laughs> and from that moment on, uh, when the book of Acts mentioned these two men, it doesn't say anymore. On just one occasion, uh, Barnabas and Saul. It switches. It's Saul and Barnabas. Yes. It's Paul and Barnabas. And I, th- I think this, this is not just a chance. I think Luke wanted to tell us something, that this man, Saul, is now actually stepping into his destiny. Hmm. He's moving on, you know. And I'm looking at Vlad here, and I think he's growing, and he's stepping into a destiny, you know, and going to wherever God wants him to be. Yeah. And um, But what is very important here, this phrase, filled with the Holy Spirit, yeah, do you know what the name Barnabas means? The son of encouragement. The son of encouragement. And there is a, a, a verse... Um, that describes Barnabas and says who he really is. Vlad asked me who we are, you know, who we represent. And the Bible says Barnabas was a good man, filled of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. If I die one day, and we all die one day, if we want people to remember us, it would be a nice name. Libya was a good man, filled of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. I mean, that's a short, but... Strong description of who he wants us to be, you know. And, but what's my point? I will finish right here, you know. Saul or Paul, filled of the Holy Spirit. Barnabas was a man filled of the Holy Spirit. If you walk with people that are full of the Holy Spirit, you get to be full of the Holy Spirit. Mm. If you walk walk with the wrong people, you end. (laughs) Not where God wants you to be. So it's very important who you walk with. So you hang on to people that are good men, filled of the Holy Spirit, strong in faith. One day you get to be like them. It's a short recipe, you know. It doesn't need much wisdom to do it. Just hang on to the people, hang on to the people, stay close to the people, you know. Walk with people that are full of the Holy Spirit. And one day comes your moment. You step into your destiny. You move on, you know. You change lives. You become all that God wants you to be. I think this is how you enter into... Okay, there might be more recipes of how entering, somebody's entering their destiny. But this is a great example how this man, you know, is changed by somebody that believed in him. Barnabas yes. takes him out, you know, believes in him, introduces him to the apostles, you know, takes him out of Tarsus, bring him to Antioch, to a church that was full of the Holy Ghost. And then one day, walking, walking with him, he becomes like him, you know, and his moment comes and he enters into the, full into his destiny. Yes, very good. Yes. Yes. I believe... Vlad, well, God has many more things to, to give to you, to open for you, and uh, uh, would you all like us to pray, and uh, would you like to, may I ask you, to, so we can, yes. pray for you
2: both. I think we should stand, everybody, because what we're seeing is the very thing that we're talking about in the book of Acts, and um, I think your wife, come on, up, upstairs, up, here. Uh you know, Sometimes you see something in life, and it may not be the most explosive thing in the world, but you're actually watching a bit of history, and I think in a way what you're seeing this morning is a, is a piece of kingdom history. So we're just going to pray and thank God for this whole journey of you guys, right. and, uh, and, and the fact that God's true to his word. So Heavenly Father, we thank you yeah. for Livio and his wife, and Vlad, and Lord, we know that Vlad was in that orphanage with his sister for years. And Liviu's faithfulness to go in there and minister with those young children, um, just selflessly giving when others couldn't be bothered. I just thank you that, Lord God, what we're standing and seeing today is is very much a Barnabas story come to life, and and is a model and example for each one of us to to be faithful in those small steps with people who are who have no other ideas; they just need us to walk with them and. And to, on this day, Lord God, as we stand here in this church, Lord, at the end of October 2016, and in a sense we're celebrating, Heavenly Father, the triumph of your kingdom yes, in the, yes, life Father, Vlad, yes, the life of Vlad, but also the life of Liviu yes, and his wife yes, and us, Lord, because we're all part yes, of the same yes, story, absolutely. and this is a living story yes. of the kingdom of God. And Lord, as yes. we celebrate this today, God, we pray, Lord, that there'll be many other Barnabas situations yes, take right, place yes. in the life I of this church, this, Lord God, that, church, yes. that we would Hallelujah. see that one life is worth it. Amen. That God Amen. stepping into one life, Lord, yes. incredible things happen. Amen. And so Lord, we pray a blessing on yes. everything. We pray a blessing on this church, but also for these on the stage today. God, we just celebrate yes. you, Jesus Christ, yes. that you've made these Hallelujah. kind of things possible. Thank you, Lord, that we live in a day of miracles of the impossible becoming possible. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Your Thank you. Yes,
1: Important. <laughs> wow, it's like it, it reminds me when I was a child and when I was a teenager in my church. When Levi used to preach, he was like the preacher. I was always like, I want to hear him preach, and I realized how much I've missed it in some years. But obviously, in the same time, it helped me to grow more in the relationship I have with God. So, really, thank you. Also, what you noticed is that his English is far better than mine. <laughs> uh, he's actually a German and English teacher studied for this in uni. Anyway, so I must confess something. I had a dream last night. It was actually last night. And I dreamed that we were speaking. And then after I listened to myself talking and speaking, and I didn't understand myself. Like, I was speaking English. And, and, I, and, I, and I woke up. I was like, God, please don't do this tomorrow. Because <laughs> we had a chat yesterday about... My, my, my problem is that I don't hear myself speaking broken English or let's say with the accent, to be kind. <laughs> and because I don't hear myself, therefore I speak as I think it's right. But anyway, I know that you're all paying attention <laughs> and I have loads and loads and loads of grace for my life as I speak. You know, I do believe that God's kingdom works in partnerships and yeah. this is a must for, for God's kingdom. We we never do things on our own. And now we're in this series movement and multiplication three. And uh, before I go in Acts 14, quickly, remember Adam last week uh, preached that uh, Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch of Pisidia. And I just want to read the last verse of chapter 13. They shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to Iconium. They did their job, they did ministry, and then they moved on. So now we are in Iconium. I just will quickly read this. Intimacy with God, proclamation of good news and training of others... I believe they are a must and in a way non-negotiables if we want to be effective in God's kingdom. We need to have intimacy with God, we need to proclaim the good news of Jesus and we need to train or disciple others. And I want to speak today about how how we can be effective in God's kingdom because I believe all of us can be. In in some ways, sometimes we need to grow, in some ways there is still a journey for us to become fully mature believers... But we can, and I do believe strongly, we can be effective in God's kingdom. And this effectiveness comes from intimacy, from proclamation of the gospel, and training of others, discipleship, that we're there for them. In many ways, what Livy did for me. And I pray that I will be effective as I build up in my intimacy with God that I'm so close to him. And I also, as I proclaim the good news that Jesus is alive and help others grow as well. So, in, uh, in chapter... 14 It says, In Iconium, they entered together in the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of His grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, and some sided with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their, with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and their best cities of Lyconia and the surrounding country. And there they continued to preach the gospel. So I want to speak about six characteristics of effective kingdom people today. And the first of one is movement. They moved from Antioch of Pisidia to Iconium. They did ministry there where Adon left us last week. And now they moved to another they moved to another city to continue doing what they were already doing already. this is the first missionary trip of Poland it's actually going to for the, as the first missionary trip it's going to end in Iconium where we are actually today the first thing I want to say that if you want to be effective in God's kingdom we need movement yeah. because it says they entered they, they might have been uh, mistreated in, a, in a Antioch but they moved they didn't say oh poor house We might as well pack our tents, whatever Paul was doing, and we move on. No, they moved on to another city. They didn't stop. And in God's kingdom, it's important for us to understand that we need to have movement. Do you remember what Adam said actually some weeks ago? We are called to be a movement and not a monument. We are called to do something, not just to be something. Because they had a go mentality, they didn't have a come mentality. They went where they need this, They went and ministered to people. And in God's kingdom, if we want to be effective, we need to move. We cannot just sit and wait people to come. Please tell us the good news. No. We need to move there and we need to do something. God sent them from a church. As Pastor Mark was preaching some weeks ago, he released them and he sent them from their church. Again, this implies movement. It implies movement. We as Christians need to move towards the Fam- our families, towards our coworkers, towards our friends, acquaintances, everyone. We need to move towards them and say we have a message for you. And if we want to be effective, we need to move. Pastor Mark was mentioning the name of Ying Kai, a Chinese American, who in three and a bit years he he saw 1.7 million people baptized and 80,000 churches being planted in three years. That's crazy, and we're like, how is this possible? But he said this thing. He sees everyone in two ways. If they are believers you will train and equip them. If they don't know God, you witness to them and share the good news and share your story and share Jesus' story. This is what we all should do. When we move, I'm going to share my story and Jesus' story and preach to them the good news. If they're already believers, I'm going to train them and equip them, as Barnabas did with Paul maybe, and raise them up to become fully matured Christians. This is what we all should do. The role of church leaders, this is Ephesians 4, is to equip the saints for good works. And see, the reason we preach, the reason we worship, the reason we do everything is that we will step into the destiny that God has prepared for us. That's why this is so important. So movement is really, really key to us stepping into the destiny that God has prepared for us. And sometimes we discover it only by trying, by going. Even if you sometimes fail, God will still be there say, I'm going to help you. So we need to move. And on an individual level, it's the same as with the church level. If we want to reach Bromley, if we want to reach the people, we as a church are going to move. That's why partnership comes this evening. We want to share with you what plans we have and what God has told us as a vision. We need to move, grow, and multiply. Yeah. In the same way as on an individual levels. If we want to see God's kingdom coming and our families and our friends at work, we need to move. We need to step into those situations and bring the good news and be there for the people that God has placed in our lives. With everyone we encounter, we need to move towards them. The growth, hap- the growth happens to listening to sermons like now, going to small groups, going, coming to prayer meetings, listening to podcasts, and, and everything. But everything happens in a church assembly. As Paul and Barnabas, they were sent by the church. They didn't just wake up one day and say, mate, let's do something. No, they were sent by the church because it's important for us to be in a church assembly. We're trained and equipped and then released during the week, starting from Monday to Saturday, again, and bring the good news of Jesus wherever we go. That's why movement is really important. Barnabas and Paul were sent by the church to be effective in advancing God's kingdom. And they could only do this through movement. We cannot be effective in God's kingdom without movement. We cannot just be. If we don't do anything, nothing will really happen. Second point is partnership. Because they entered together. And you know, I always say this. God's kingdom is not built on individuals, but on partnerships. We are never lone rangers on our horse going to conquer the whatever. (laughs) The South of America, Texas, and everything like this. We need to do this together. Jesus and the disciples two by two. Jesus was in strong partnership with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't do anything that he didn't didn't see the Father doing. Jesus didn't do anything on his own accord even. If even Jesus needed a partner in doing this, how much more we need a partner? And if we want to be effective in God's kingdom, we need partnership. And partnership is built within this church, for example. People that have the same mind, people that believe the same message, people that worship Jesus in the same way. And we partner together. That's why small groups are so important. You need to belong to a group where you say, look, I'm going to be here for you, help to share the gospel. And partnership also brings accountability, which is good. I have many times decided to go to gym. And I've been there for two times. I actually did a mistake. I bought a one-month membership. <laughs> membership. And I went there for two days in that month. That's bad. <laughs> it's really bad, as you can see, anyway. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Pastor Mark. <laughs> but my excuse is this. If I was to go with some other guy to the gym, I honestly believe it's true. it's not just an excuse. If I was to go with some other guy to the gym, I would wake up earlier, because I'm like, okay, he's going, I must go, because I need to prove that I'm going now. And there's accountability in there. And if there's someone that will encourage me, say, if I don't feel like waking up and if I don't feel like working out, he'll be there for me. Say, come on, Vlad, move, do it. (laughs) That's a a partnership for me because I don't have, let's say, a partnership in going to gym. You have some results, you know? (laughs) But it's the same in God's kingdom. How many times have we decided that we're going to share the good news with our friends? And we went there on our own. And yet, of course, we failed many times. But if you don't go alone... Or if you at least be accountable to someone, look, pray for me, as this week I'm going to share the goodness with my friends. Meet every week and talk about what God is doing in your family, in your coworkers. workers I say, I'm going to be the light, I'm going to be the salt, whatever God sends me. Partnership. Be here. Belong to people. Have someone going with you if needed, even on the streets. We need to have partnership. And know this, we can never, ever be affecting in God's kingdom if we are alone. We always must have a partnership. Partnership with God. But also partnership with each other because we are stronger together indeed. That is really important. The third thing is that we need to speak with intention. Because they spoke in such a way that a great number believed. Paul and Barnabas spoke with intention and their intention was that great numbers would believe. That is important. How do we speak? Why do we speak? What do we speak? Do Do we even believe sometimes the message that we share? Do we even believe that Jesus saves lives even today? What is our intention when we speak out? What do we want people to hear? We need to speak with intention. If we don't speak with intention, we'll just leave it there. We don't do random things. We are planning it. We're going there and say, I'm going to bring God's power in this place. I'm going to see people's lives change. I'm going to see people saved. Because the message that I have within my heart is the greatest message in history. But in order for us to speak with intention, we really need to know what we're talking about. My question is this, what is the gospel? And in one word... The gospel is Jesus. If you can sum it up in one word, it's Jesus Christ. Because it's his character and it's his work. It's his character on a personal level. He's good and he's kind. But it's also what he's done for the world. Sacrificing himself to save the sins. My intention in sharing with people my story and Jesus' story is to see them saved from eternal death. And then being brought into eternal life with Jesus Christ. Who doesn't want to hear this? Who doesn't want to share this message? I want people to understand God's great love and God's great grace. I want them to understand how good God is. I want them to understand that Jesus loves them. That he's the only way to eternal life. That Jesus is the only way to which people will be saved. This is the message I'm carrying. This is my intention when I speak. I'm not just a salesperson who tries to sell you whatever appliances. No, I'm going to bring good news, and you need to hear it. Yeah. And sometimes we need to understand that people need to hear this good news that yeah. we have. Yeah. Because without it, they will be doomed to eternal death. Yeah. And we need to bring it. It is our duty, and we need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. In one word, the gospel is Jesus. Because it is character character defined by justice. Jesus is a just God. Strength and power, because he's the one who conquered death. Yeah. He's the one who destroyed sin. Yeah. He's the one who died on that cross for our sins. And it is his character defined by mercy, and by love, by grace. Because he's always there for us. He will never leave us. When he left up, he said, I will never leave you. I'll be with you until the end of the days. Who doesn't want to share this good news? Who doesn't want to share Jesus to everyone? He's the only way to God the Father. And you know what? He's also continually interceding for you and me. And if you look in John 17, I'm just going to read. He prays for us, like us in this place. He prays for you. He, said, he prays in John 17 for his disciples, but then he moves on to verse 21 and says, I do not ask for these only, so I don't only pray for the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me to the world. This is us. Yeah. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have, I have given to them, that they may be one as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you love me. Yeah. And listen to this verse 24. Father, Jesus, Father, I desire, try to fill Jesus' heart right now. Father, I desire that they also, us whom you have given me, belong to Jesus, good news, may be with me where I am to see my glory and have given me the, the glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And this, know that you have sent me. I made, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. So when Jesus prayed before he was sacrificed for our sins, he said, I will continue to make my name known to them. And this is our mission even today, to continue to make Jesus' name known to our friends, family, co-workers, and everyone. And Jesus says that the love with which you have loved me, Father, may be in them. And I, Jesus, in us, in them. This is Jesus' prayer. He prayed for us, And we have this message living within our hearts right now. It's there in you. Remember the, we saw that little video, that light bulb, which is, there's a spark and it grows. That message is in you. If you believe in Christ in Christ, if you follow God, it's in you already. All you have to do is to release it, speak it out, share it with everyone you encounter in the world. It's in your future and it's in your past experiences. That message is right there. The message of the good news of Jesus is there with you when life is tough and when life is easy. It's the same message, unchangeable. Yeah. And the most relevant message in history, it's always there with us. We're never alone and never will be. Who wouldn't want to share this great news? Right. How can we keep quiet? Yeah. We want people to be saved. Yeah. Just release it. And I believe that God will use our church in such a way that great numbers will believe and will come And we're going to conquer Bromley. We're going to go and share the gospel to everyone. We're going to have so many problems to decide that we don't know what to do. But that's a good problem. We want people to hear the good news. Yeah. This is what we want. Yeah. The other point, it's opposition. And many times opposition is also a sign of effectiveness. Because if Satan is our enemy, he will not stop us if we do what he wants us to. But if we do what God wants us to do, he will try to oppose us. Okay, it says the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. We face opposition. Paul and Barnabas face opposition as well. If you you know the parable of the four soils, you know the the word is spoken, they hear it. And then there are four types of soils. But the first soil is, Satan is uh, like a bird. I don't know if it's a crow or something. It's like a bird who comes and snatches away the seed that has been planted in the soil of our hearts. And the, the Bible says, so that, so the reason he snatches it, so that they will not be saved and you see, Satan understands and never underestimates the saving power of the gospel of Jesus. He understands it so well. And he, it is his mission that the word that we hear, the word that we preach, will never bring fruit in people's lives. That's why we need to be there for them. This is the opposition. It's not only against us, but it's even against the work that God is doing through us in people's lives. It's in our family who try to oppose them. He doesn't want them to know the good news, he doesn't want the good news to bear fruit in their lives, at work, wherever we are. It's Satan's mission to do it. And if he's never changing, if he's never stopping from having this mission of snatching away the good news, why should we stop? We should never stop. We should be intentional and always dynamics. Say, I'm going to bring the good news to everyone because it's a matter of life and death eternally. We need to do it and we'll face opposition, expect that, but see it as a good thing because he will try to stop you. But we know that he'll never stop us from sharing the good news. Okay, never, ever. And see what they did because of that. So they remained for a long time. Fifth point. If we want to be effective in God's kingdom, we need to serve those that God has put in our lives. Some would call it training, some would call it discipleship, but we need to be there for them. Because Paul and Barnabas saw that the minds of those new believers were being poisoned, they remained for a long time. So they didn't say, okay, there's opposition, we'll go to another city. The reason they fled to other cities was other, but not because the minds of those who they preached to were poisoned. And you see, serving is also so important. When we speak to the people in our lives, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to have a mentality and a perspective, a long-term perspective. I'm not just going to do my thing and then move on. We know how many pregnancies are in the church right now, right? I mean, just to anyway. Oh, no, three, sorry. I there are pregnancies in the church. That's the point. Imagine if after the moms deliver, okay, they'll be like, okay, I'm watching through the world. Now, little baby, please sort your life out. <laughs> Who would do this? That's cruel, and no one will ever do this. But think about us. When we preach the good news, yeah. and people believe it, we sometimes, not intentionally, but sometimes, okay, I preach the good news, I'm going to move on. Yeah. No, if I want to be effective in God's kingdom, I'm going to stay with them until they believe, until they grow up, until they mature, because it is our duty to be there to build up the body of Christ, to serve them, to disciple them, to train them. we never stopping this is our duty, and God's great news will be brought through this. We don't only preach Jesus, we show Jesus. We demonstrate Jesus. We show it in everything we are doing. This is our duty as well. Sixth point, it's simple. Repeat. Repeat. They fled to Lystra, so then they faced opposition against themselves. They, they preached the gospel. They trained and raised disciples. But because they couldn't preach the gospel anymore, they went to Lystra and their base cities of Laconia and the surrounding country, and there they what? They continued to preach the gospel. So they never stopped. They never stopped preaching the gospel. And we need to repeat this great message. On and on and on and on on again. We should never ever stop. Movement. Do it all over again. Go from friend to friend, relative to relative, from shop to hairdresser to leader to waitress and preach the good news. Just move, you know. Then we need to know that you are not alone. You are in partnership. You have a great, great church here. You have great leaders that are here to help you to grow up in and step into the destiny that God has for you. Know this, that you are never, ever alone. Speak with intention this great message that is alive in you right now, that is alive in your heart as we speak. Speak it out and release it. Expect opposition. So don't just expect to go on a the battlefield, they shoot bullets and you come over, oh, they're shooting at me. Hello? <laughs> There's a war we're, we're waging against the source of people who want to save them said so we'll never stop. But when it's on, that God is with us that we are not alone and He will always help us. And then serve. Just stay there when it's hard for them when they're bleeding when they're messy as I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to help you even though sometimes you flop and fail I'm still going to be here for you. I will never ever give up on you and we'll serve them. And then guess what? Do it all over again. And this is our mission as Christians. If you want to be effective in God's kingdom, this is what you have to do. They fled to this country, to these cities. All of a sudden they spread even more the good news because opposition will never stop us from spreading the good news. It will actually help us look at church history. It will always, always help us. Six characteristics of effective kingdom people, movement, partnership, speaking with intention. We face opposition, we serve, and we do it all over again. I think having a short song and then I'm going to finish and wrap it up, if that's okay. Check it Thanks.